Keep this frequency clear. Don't touch that dial. Are we on the air? Yes, you are. Shush, 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 shush. With all the modern pace of today's exciting radio. Now, the struggle between good and evil goes on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my underground lair. Do not attempt to adjust your dial. I'm transmitting live with the hardcore style. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Shauna, Shauna, and for your further listening pleasure, time to lay down some serious sound. Watch your bass bins, I'm telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you. Don't touch that dial. What's up? You're listening to Shauna and Lala. Check us out at shaunaandlala.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shauna and Lala. Check me out at facebook.com slash the Lala Marie. And check us out on YouTube at Shauna and Lala. And make sure to follow us on TikTok at Shauna and Lala. We have had such a crazy week. Last weekend, My friend and I were driving home um, from TJ Maxx and we see this car. Well, my friend saw it behind us. They come whipping past us and they're swerving like in and out of traffic. Mm -hmm. And she says to me, oh, my God, they almost hit us. And I said, yeah, I saw that. And I said, look, I said, they're doing it again. And she goes, this is the type of person to cause an accident. They're going to cause an accident. Literally within like four seconds of her saying that, I was just like, oh my God. He was driving in the middle of the dotted lines oh my, in the highway. Lanes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And he was trying to get back over and, you know, into the one lane or whatever. And he just smashed into a car and <sighs> that car went flying one way and hit another car. It was oh a my God. three car accident. We stopped. We pull over, you know, make sure the people are okay. The car that whose fault it was was all the way in like the brush and oh the bushes. You couldn't even see the car. It was just insane. So it ended up being a woman driving, another woman and a baby in the back seat. Oh no. A little baby and she's driving like an <laughs> Yeah. So that's all I kept I had to call nine one one. They came and uh, I just kept saying, there's a baby in the car. You know, is the baby okay? Um, But the mother actually got the baby out before the police got there. Um, It was just insane. And I just, I still can't believe it was a woman driving. Ugh. With a baby in With the car. With a baby. That's the part I can't get. Is it's, <coughs> You have a child in the car. You want to be a jerk and put your life in danger. That's, you know, not that it's fine, but don't do it when you have a child in the car. Yeah. You know? I know. And all I kept saying, you know, the whole ride home was, I hope she gets in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if the police were called and everyone's witness, you know, testimonials were all the same, she's going to get in trouble. I'm wondering, was she under the influence of something, you know, like, was yeah. she high? Was she drunk? Um, because I don't understand why else, from your story, why else someone would drive like that? I don't know. But as we were waiting for them to come, the passenger and the baby got out and they walked all the way up to like the side of the highway. But the driver was still in the car. So we were like, is the driver okay? Yeah. But we watched her get out of the car with the police, and she looked okay. They said to us, 
because I said, is everyone okay? Yeah. And they said, everyone's all right. We're just, you know, investigating the accident. Yeah. Um, so maybe she was afraid. Like, well, I, oh, I think she was afraid (laughs) that people are going to (laughs) like, I would be flipping out on her, you know? Oh, this guy, there's this guy, he pulled over and he starts screaming at the passenger. I actually felt bad for the passenger because she wasn't driving. Yeah. Um, and he was screaming at her and all she kept saying was, I wasn't driving. It wasn't me that was driving. I wasn't driving. Yeah. It was just, it was crazy. It was insane. I feel so bad because she hit a Honda Pilot and they had kids in the car. Yep. And this is what I always say is like, you could be the safest driver and it's, it has nothing to do with your driving. You know, like my sister, will be like, oh, I'm okay. I'm a safe driver. I'm a safe driver. No, it has nothing to do with you. Sometimes it's other people. Yeah. You could be driving perfectly fine, doing the speed limit and someone else can hurt, hit you and kill you or, you know, it's it's really dangerous, um, especially when you have kids. It's like so so much you have to worry about. <laughs> I know it's it's too much. You know, I remember the accident I was in, and like I just yeah, you guys weren't doing anything wrong. So no. something like that. It's just it it happens, and you could be driving perfectly fine and safe and being aware, but you know it's it it is scary. So how was your week? Oh, uh, it's it's been better. Um, I mean, the baby still is not sleeping. Oh, so no. she's up every hour, every two hours at night and not for a long period of time. It's just she wants comfort, but it just ruins my sleep. So I'm just constantly tired. I keep saying to you, can a human die from not sleeping enough? Because <laughs> I don't know how I'm functioning day to day. Um, but she is functioning. She, yeah, she's fine. But not me. Fine. <laughs> not me. But yeah, it's been better. I mean, the last last time we were hanging out together, I mean, you know the kind of day we had. That was oh, just that horrible. Was, that was hell. That was it was hell. I had both kids with me. We were like, oh, let's you know take a drive today. Sean is with me, and we went all the way out to Terrytown. Yeah, and we wanted to go check out this park with the kids, and we went there. It was nice. Okay, baby starts screaming. Gio's like, I'm hungry. I'm tired. Blah, blah, blah. You know what kids do. All right. So now we head all the way back. So Terrytown's about an hour and a half from us. And then Shona's like, oh, you know, her cousin had a baby. So we were helping people out by finding formula for them, you know, doing our good deed. And Shona's like, we, you know, there's a, a CVS or whatever, or Walgreens that has it, which is, you know, now further distance from us. So we go that way. We're all hungry. We're all tired. The baby's screaming. Gio's screaming. You know, he's hungry. He's tired. He wants to go home. I'm just like, shut up. You know, poor Shauna's sitting there like, you know, it's not her kid, so she has to deal with it. (laughs) And then, so we get to Walgreens to get the formula, and my son is just not having it. He's like, you know, I don't want to sit with the baby. I just had to basically run to the door to pick it up. It was a pickup order. So yeah. I'm like, Gio, just sit in the car with the baby. You're right here. He was like three feet from the door. Just sit in the car. Let me grab it at the counter. And he didn't want it, but he did. And I had him feeding her a like fruit pouch, you know, yes. you know, the fruit pouches. <laughs> so she's seven months. She can't really control how she eats something. And I told him to do it slow. Apparently, you know, those fruit pouches for babies. If you squeeze it too much, the food goes everywhere. So I'm guessing that's what happened. And he just didn't want to deal with it. So he took the whole box of tissues, like a big handful of t- tissues, and just must have wiped her quickly. And me and Shauna come out of Walgreens, and I see tissues. Like, I don't even know, 50 tissues out in the parking lot by my car. 
on the floor of the parking lot. I'm like, are you kidding me? That wasn't there before. My son had to have done this. And I don't know why I thought he would because he knows better. My son's all about taking care of the earth, so he doesn't litter. But I just, in the mood he was in, I had just had a... I had a freaking feeling, you know? <laughs> so I, I just look at them. I see the baby food on the tissues, and I open the door. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I start screaming, and he so calmly says, I know, Mom. I already said sorry to God. And I'm like, it took everything in me not to laugh at that. Like, I know, Mom. I already said sorry to God. You're like, you just said it just like that. And I wanted to, I wanted to freaking, like, smack him in the face and then laugh at the same time you know i was like why would you do that i had to turn around yeah so i was laughing and i'm like there's cameras so the cameras probably saw this kid open the window and just throw a handful like chuck (laughs) tissues out the window but i was just so disappointed in him and then his response to me i already said sorry to god i'm like that does not matter because that's littering and mommy would get a fine and god has nothing to do with that you know but I cleaned them all up. I yelled at him. We got some food and everyone was not hangry anymore. So that was that day. And it's been it's been better since. And I think he knows now that no matter how much he apologizes to God, he cannot litter or do something bad. You know, like <laughs> that response, is just, it just killed me. Oh, my God. It, it Oh, <laughs> I couldn't. I just... I- like, how can you be mad at him for that? You know, I mean, obviously you can be mad at him yeah. for throwing it on the floor, but... That, I would have been like, okay. Maybe if he said it sweet, but you heard him. He had like a little add to it. I know, mom. I already said sorry to God. Like, you know, leave me alone. It's between me and God now, you know. <laughs> if he said it cute, like, oh, mom, I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize to God, too. No, he said it with like a, a an attitude and, you know, it, it doesn't matter because I already talked to God about this. <laughs> he's too much, man. He's getting to be, he's eight years old and he's just getting like a preteen attitude and I know it's going to only get worse from here so well my cousin had a baby well my cousin's wife had a baby maybe about a month ago and we went to see them and visit and the baby is just adorable and the two older sisters are just so excited and you know they want to help out and they want to pretend that you know they're the mom yeah to their baby dolls (laughs) well the three-year-old she lifts up her dress (laughs) And puts her baby doll on her belly. Her no. Oh, okay. Her nipple. Oh. <laughs> and she says, "My cousin." He says, "What are you doing?" And she says, "I'm feeding my baby." <laughs> it was the funniest thing. And he's like, "Yar, are you?" <laughs> and she's like, "She's hungry." That is so cute. Oh my god, I was dying. I took a picture, and I sent it to my grandmother. And my grandmother was like, she is just too much. They watch and they understand and, you know, they see everything. Yeah, apparently. they. Yeah. She really took it in, you know. Like, the older sister was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, but the three-year-old was, oh, my God, so cute. And speaking of breastfeeding, like, something like that with kids, I... I I'm a wildlife rehabilitator, if any, if you guys don't know. And I have a fawn right now that I'm rehabilitating. I ran out of fawn milk, like the formula. And I was telling my son, I'm like, oh, you know, she needs to eat. I need to go to Tractor Supply and get some formula for her. And he's like, Ma, can't you just stick her on your boob? Because <laughs> he sees me breastfeeding his sister. And I was like, no, no, no. And he's like, why? Isn't that, that's baby milk. So then I had explained to him that, you know, first of all, you don't, 
you know, your boobs, breastfeeding is for a human baby. Um, <laughs> not, not, a deer. A, not a deer, not another animal. <laughs> and every animal's milk is specifically for their, their baby, you know? I mean, besides humans drinking cow milk, but um, I can't give a deer cow's milk or human milk, you know what I mean? So I had to explain all that to him, but it's just funny with the kids in their head, like they perceive things, you know, differently. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Like, can you imagine? Like, oh, hey guys, <laughs> breastfeeding my fawn. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was, I laughed at it, but then I had to explain to him. He was just very confused. Like, I don't, I, he's like, I don't get it. I was like, <laughs> all right, when you're a little older, maybe, but yeah. Oh, kids, what do they say? Kids say the darndest things. They right? really do. I mean, you know, some of the stuff Geo says, I can't. Mm-hmm. I just, I laugh. He's I crack very up. witty now. Very sarcastic. He's going to be a sarcastic kid. So. Well, that's, that's his age, I think. Yeah. You know? But they say sarcasm is good. It's, it's the sign of a brilliant mind, which I've noticed a lot of sarcastic people. Um, they are very sharp. You know, they, yeah. I'm not like I, it takes me a while to kind of like think of something witty to say, but my friends who are sarcastic, like they just come up with that, you know, they'll come right back at you with something. And I'm like, did you just think of that on this? Like, that's crazy to me, but it means you, you're, you're smart, you know? Yeah, I'm not like that at no, all. No, neither no. us. So. But then, like, I'll say something, and I'll be like, "Oh man, I should have said that." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're 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 delayed, you know. Very. <laughs> we're like, oh wait, can I can I say something now? No, nope, yeah. too late. <laughs> like, Gio, wait, I forgot to tell you the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today on the show we have Nama and Emily calling in from Better Health. And uh, they are an organization that assists people that have urinary problems and um, ileostomies, like you. Ileostomy, yeah. Not just ileostomies, but like any. It's for ostomies. Oh. Um, I know you don't know there's different ones, but yeah, you know. <laughs> Colostomy bags. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was, they were really sweet, really interesting. And, um, you know, you had said previously that you wish you had their kind of service after you had the surgery. Yes, 100%. Um, a lot of people get surgery. I don't know about the urinary side of it, but people with ostomies that I found in support groups on like social media, we're kind of like thrown to the wolves. You get this surgery and it's it's life-changing. It's all new. You have to learn how to take care of yourself. And they just throw you to wolves, basically. You leave the hospital and you're on your own. A lot of times. And then your your normal doctors don't know how to handle it. And this doctor doesn't know how to handle it. You got to find an ostomy nurse. There's not, not many of those out there. And you're just, you feel so unsupported. You feel depressed and just alone and scared. And I think that this program that they built and the support that they have there would help, would have helped me so much to have someone to call and be like, hey, or FaceTime, whatever they do, like, hey, I, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know how to do this. Do you know what the best bags are for me? Um, I'm feeling a little depressed today. I, and to have that support, and especially Emily. Emily is is a nurse who also has a, an anostomy, and she is, you know, one of their support people. So, having an ostomy, if I was able to talk to a nurse who is number one educated, you know, knows, you know, all there is to know about it, and then she has an ostomy on top of that. I, you know, like that's the best of both worlds for someone 
who is kind of lost in the process. So yeah. yeah, it would have been amazing for me to have that. A lot of people out there, I'm sure. So I'm glad that this is there. And I have been sharing it with other Ostomates that you know, in the support groups that I found on social media. But yeah, we had a great phone call with them. Uh, I loved getting to know them, know about the business. And I'm sure you guys, if you're listening, if this is something that you know could benefit your loved ones, um, or if you work in a hospital, this is something that I think that would be a great, a great add-on. After someone gets a surgery, you know, ostomy or any kind of urinary, where they have to take a bag home, you know, a catheter, I think that's, it's great. Absolutely. You know, I've had many surgeries where, you know, I leave the hospital and I'm like, all right, what now? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they tell you what to expect, but there's nobody that you can talk to that has gone through it. No. You know, so, you, I mean, it's kind of like a trial and error. Yeah, exactly. And you're on your own with the Internet. Mm -hmm. And you can't always trust the Internet. No. So... <laughs> You are listening to Shauna and Lala, and right now we have the co-founder and CEO, Nama Breckler and Emily Gray from Better Health. Nama is the co-founder and CEO, and Emily is the director of the peer coaching with Better Health. And uh, Emily specializes in ostomies, which we thought was perfect because Lala has a ileostomy. Ileostomy. I could not say that word for the life of me <laughs> ever. Yeah, it's a little tough. But um, you've had one for six years? Yeah, 2000, September 2015, I got it. Emergency surgery. So it's, wow. been, it's been a ride. <laughs> And um, sure. Emily, you have one as well. So that's how you kind of became a a coach. Yep, exactly. So I guess you guys probably have similar stories. Mm -hmm. And um, Nama, what made you want to get into um, healthcare and providing these services for people with ostomies and urology issues? Um, because, you know, I know with me and, you know, having my disability and Lala, you know, there's a, I want to say a gap in information when you get diagnosed with something, support, you know, there's help, yeah, support and yeah. help. There's no, there's not a lot of that around. Yeah, no, totally. What we, what you're saying now is what we hear basically from 99% of, you know, our members, just this like gap in care. And I'll give a little bit of a background. I actually started my career as a software engineer in the Israeli military, like very different from where I am. Wow. Abba was always, always really drawn to the healthcare space and really fascinated by it and really kind of wanted to combine my passions for technology and for healthcare um, to, you know, make an impact. And um, I, when I came for grad school here at the U.S. in, in Stanford, um, I ended up starting a company in the medical device space, neurology, out of uh, Stanford with another physician. And um, we invented this new type of catheter that was really, you know, a much better experience. And when we brought it to market, we just started talking to, you know, thousands of people who use these products and heard exactly what you're saying, that, you know, it's great that there are new products, but they're sent home often, not really knowing what do I need to use? How do I use it? Am I using the one that is the right size for me? Am I using the one that would work best for me? Is it supposed to hurt every time I use it? How do I use it outside the house so I can still maintain social life or go to work or visit my family? And we realized 
you know, it's a much bigger systematic problem than just inventing new products. If people don't know how to access them, how to use them, or how to really manage their underlying chronic condition. And that was the seed for starting better health. We realized, you know, when it's come to these medical supplies, there's not, they're not one, one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And it's really what you, the gap that exists today between the time you're at the doctor or post-surgery to the time that you go home and you spend 99% of your time at home, ideally. So how do we give you the tools and the education and the support that you need in addition to the supplies so that you'd know how to manage your health and not feel lost? Yeah, I I hear that totally. And that's how I kind of felt after surgery. It's like I, I woke up with a bag on and they sent, you know, after spending probably a month in the hospital, they send you home and you don't, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to buy. And it's, you just, I felt so defeated. Mm, I'm sorry. It, it, it's such a common problem and it's so bad because there are like millions of people. And if you look, it's in ostomies and neurology, it's in diabetes and respiratory. You just, you're left home and you don't know what to do and you end up going back to the hospital so that it's kind of bad for everyone yes and it, it impacts your physical and mental health yes and so better health you guys are kind of like that gap right you're filling that gap in exactly yes so we're filling that gap helping people live with manage your chronic condition at home we help you with all the supplies that are basically you know the lifeline you kind of can't leave home without them but then everything that you need on top of it the education the physical and emotional support, nurse consultation if you need it, um, and of course our peers. Mm-hmm. I needed that. <laughs> I needed that <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> so you guys actually have nurses um, that can go out to the person's house and, I guess, train the the patient. So we so we do it all virtually. And we kind of, Emily can expand more about it, but we kind of think of it as a team where at different times you need different people. And I'm going to let Emily, just, she's a nurse practitioner and, and a peer support uh, specialist to talk more about that. Yeah, thanks, Nama. Um, so really the idea of peer coaching is to, especially with it being remote, is to reach as many people as possible. Um, you know, depending on where you're having your surgery, who's taking care of you, I mean, Lala, it seems like, you know, there's really varied uh, levels of skill when it comes to taking care of patients with ostomies. Yes. People who are supposed to be well-educated in this area aren't. No. And, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, you know, if you're if you live near a major medical center or in a major metropolitan area, you might get a little bit more. But especially the people I think of are, you know, those who are in remote areas who are socioeconomically depressed. You know, what I love about the fact that it's remote is that anybody can call in and I can talk to anybody around the country, no matter where they are, and help them out. Um, So it's, you know, peer coaching is, like Nama said, it's product selection, it's education. But what I think is the most powerful thing about it is that it's, the opportunity to speak to someone who has that lived experience, you know, uh, it's, yeah. it's, you can express your feelings about, you know, how sad you are that you had a blowout in the bedroom last <laughs> yes. night, but it's not the same as when you tell it to another estimate. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and, you know, some people I talk to, they say, I've had my ostomy for 20 years and I've never spoken to someone else with an ostomy. Yes. And just having that, you know, ability to share and after such a long time, like that 
that's it's so powerful for patients and it's powerful for me too you know it's a reciprocal relationship i love talking to all the estimates that we take care of and you know i i learn things every day from them as well no it's true because every I really never talked to anyone personally. I did join some Facebook groups and that was when I was like, wow, I'm not the you always. I mean, I don't know if you felt this way. I felt like I was the only one with an ostomy when it happened to me and no one I knew had one. I never heard of anyone having one. So like I'd say two years ago, I joined some groups and then you hear all these things. You're like, wow, that happened to me. Okay. So I'm, I am normal. And this is great. If I would have had better health to call so many times during in those first few years, it would have really gotten me through a lot because I was struggling and I was suffering. And even my GI doctor, like he had no idea any really anything about the ostomy. I'd go to him and be like, Hey, I'm having this, this, and this issue. And he's like, Oh, you have to find an ostomy nurse. And I, there was none in my area. So it's like, what I, I thought that he would understand, you know, know what to do. So I really felt defeated and I wish I knew about this kind of a, or had this back then, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, people describe feeling, you know, almost abandoned by mm-hmm. their care team. Yes. And, you know, who are you supposed to ask these other questions? You know, what clothes do I wear? Can I have sex? What can I eat? All of these, yeah. you know, kind of more day-to-day questions. And the surgeon was just going to shrug their shoulders with yeah. that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. And it's not their fault. It's like, it's just not exactly. their area of expertise. Yeah. And, and that's exactly where we have that gap today that it's really, sometimes you can get so much from someone who's walking in your shoes and understand your specific condition. Yes. Um, that is amazing. I just had a baby uh, seven months ago and that has been, congratulations. thank you. That in <laughs> itself was another thing that there was not a lot of support with because my OBGYN was like, you know, looking at me well, when I was trying to get pregnant, because it did take me a while, saying, oh, you can't get pregnant with an ostomy. And then I'd go to another doctor. Oh, you can get one. You know, every, no one knew an answer for me. And then my one, the high-risk doctor, or what was it, the fertility doctor was like, well, I think that we're going to have to do, a, you're going to have to have a vaginal birth. And then the OBGYN's like, no, you need a C-section. And I really felt lost Ugh. in that area, too. Like, no one knew what, you know, what to do with me. Um, I maybe out in the city areas, they probably would have, but in our area, no, no one knew. So I ended up going to a a bigger hospital in Englewood, New Jersey over here. And they specialized, they had like a a doctor who said to me, listen, I've had patients who've given birth with an ostomy and you're going to be fine. Um, she recommended vaginal. She said because of the scar tissue, you know, they were worried about that. I ended up having to have a emergency C-section and my that doctor had to be there. And my baby is crying in the background right now. But <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was there was not a lot of support with that. And I don't know if that's something that you guys offer, too, or, you know, but it is, I feel, for women who have an ostomy and they don't know, can I get pregnant? Can I have a safe pregnancy? Can I have a safe delivery? And that's a big issue, you know. Yeah, I, I think that, that that is an area that I've actually done some research on myself. Um, you know, uh, at this point, I haven't decided to have any more children. But, you know, after I was diagnosed with cancer and I had my surgery, um, they, they said the same thing. I would have trouble getting pregnant if I mm-hmm. wanted to. Um, you know, and 
I, I looked, you know, for blogs, for positive stories, but like aside from, you know, what you saw in popular culture and social media, you know, when I looked for scholarly articles mm-hmm. about giving birth with an ostomy, it just wasn't really there. No, nope. You know, so it, it kills me that to hear that a provider was telling you you couldn't do this when really they're not, you know, you want all, all of this information to be evidence-based, right? Yes. And... You know, I'm really happy that you were able to find someone who could take care of you and give you the services that you needed. Oh, yes, I was, too. It really it it did take a lot of stress off my shoulders because I was so scared. (laughs) Yeah, because you want to do the right thing for your children as well, you know, and it's to put, you know, to put that stress on you while you're pregnant and giving birth. um, You know, that's a lot. Yes, yes, it was. It really was. It's such a like a, a stressful time. Too, you know, yes. and then you're like on top of it. On top of it, and then the doctors like they really stress you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, I, I this the services that you guys provide that I was reading up on that I'm hearing you speak about having someone. It's it's just weird for me right now to be on the phone with someone who has an ostomy. You know, like I'm I've never done that before, and I think I can understand when you say that other patients feel that way when they they talk to you or any of your, I don't know if there's other ostomy peer, you know, service. Yeah, there are. Yeah. That's a, (laughs) that is a great feeling. And that really can make a world of a difference in someone healing from their surgery because it is a huge, very painful and long surgery. So that makes a world of a difference. You better go get her. I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, if somebody wanted to, get in touch with you or find out more about services and what you offer. Um, I know there's a website, joinbetter.com. Is there a charge to get advice? Um, Like, how does that work? So we have a lot of free resources, actually, that are available for everyone. We have videos, talks, lectures, um, you know, written material, um, really a lot of education that is out there. Um, mm-hmm. And we have, um, and we have for our members. Um, they also have access to the peer support that is included, kind of in all of their services. Okay, I saw that you know some insurances do cover the cost of your company, so that is also amazing. Yeah, so actually, most insurances and you know most insurances would cover you know medical devices and supplies. Um, so you know. We offer basically, you know, part of the idea when we started Better Health was really how do we take away from the burden of needing to be your own care coordinator, you know, go find the supplies in one place, go find a nurse in another place, go find the group support in a different place and bring it all to one place. And so really, you know, if the supplies are kind of like the lifeline and you can't leave the home without them, how do we make the process of finding the right ones and getting them and getting your insurance to pay for them super easy? And then how do we layer on top of it the additional education and support that you need so you can really have kind of a, you know, one-stop shop for for your needs for managing your chronic condition. That is so important these days because, you know, I know um, Lala, when she comes back, she could probably speak about it. Um, She's always, you know, contacting this company for this and this company for that. And, you know, insurance isn't covering this, you know, this time. So, you know, it's it's a struggle. Um, You know, she's also had um, people, you know, donate supplies to her because insurance also only gives you so many supplies. And, 
you know, what if you have a bad day? You might need to change your supplies two or three times, you know? Um, I don't think insurance companies realize each person is different and may have different needs. Yeah, and it's really confusing. You know, it's it's product codes and HICPICs and all of this industry jargon. And, you know, your insurance will cover this amount of this percentage of the first $50. So, you know, it becomes really cumbersome for members to figure all that out. And that's another thing, you know, peer coaching works really closely with member success, which is like our um, customer support for, you know, products and um, making sure in order. Yeah, exactly. And they help sort through all of that. I mean, it, I remember it, it took me probably five phone calls to my insurance company to understand at first how my products were even being covered. And, you know, that's that's not fair. You know, you're recovering from surgery. It's you're already dealing with this huge change in your life. And then you got to make phone calls and wait on hold with insurance. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's that's a that's a problem in our, you know, the way insurance is structured. It is super complicated. And most people don't understand what's the difference between deductible and max out of pocket and, you know, copay and all those things. So imagine now you have a really complicated condition that requires a lot of supplies on a recurring basis. It's a lot to understand. So that's also part of what we do across the different conditions that we serve. Just really simplify it. Here are your rights. Here's what your insurance will cover. Here's how we can help you optimize it. Um, so really kind of simplify that process so you know your benefits and take advantage of them. I mean, we are paying for our insurance after all. Yeah. Now, say like somebody like Lala runs out of supplies one day. Um, it's happened. <laughs> can yeah. she can she call you and get some free samples sent to her, or would you be able to um, call her insurance or something? Like how how would yeah. that work? Yeah, yeah. So there are multiple things that we can do in such a situation. One, we can all, we can try to get from the doctor kind of approval for you know extended amount of supply and get the insurance to approve that too and some people just want to have some extra at home like we can offer you know a slightly kind of discounted rate um for for getting your uh the supplies that you need extra for cash three and i think that's something really important too is like we do have a lot there are a lot of methods to kind of extend the life of your supplies that we help people learn um so basically some of where a peer can be really helpful is understanding you know, how do you use the wafer or the ring or the barrier? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, here's how I'm using it. Here's how many days I can get out of it. Um, so so ideally you won't have, you know, this this notion of like scrambling at the end of the month for like, oh, I just need a few extras. Like, can I find free samples? Can I find a cheaper cat? Can I do this? Can I do that? So many people deal with it. So it's like a monthly ongoing pain. Mm-hmm. So our goal is really, how can we eliminate this pain for you? Whether it's, you know, if you prefer this easiest, simplest way of like, I just want to buy them for, you know, as cheap as I can just to have some extra at home to working with a peer who can help you learn how to extend the life of your supplies and get more out of them to getting an approval from your doctor so that you can get it every month, the extras and, and get that covered by your insurance. So there are things that can be done. So I think people just have this notion of like, oh, that's just how it is. Every month I need to scramble at the end of the month yeah. to find some extra bags, but it doesn't need to be this way. And that's where we come in. And that's that is true. I, I when I first got my had my surgery, I was going through a bag a day because I didn't 
I didn't feel comfortable emptying it. So I'm like, oh, I'll just use a new bag every day. Well, they don't give you a 30-month supply, you know. <laughs> I think it's like 20. Yeah. So I was freaking out after that. So then you, you had I had to learn, but I didn't have anyone to say, hey, if you want to extend the life, maybe heat up the wafer and do this and that. And I've learned that over time trying to, you know, read online and stuff, but they didn't give me that support. So maybe if they told me different things and tips and tricks, like you're saying, extend the life of it, I wouldn't have been scrambling so many months and having family members um, all sign up to get samples or going on Amazon and spending a lot of money to buy extra. So. Yeah. Oh, it's a pain. Wow. It's a journey. Yes. Now, are you guys hooked up with any hospitals? Because... You know, like Lala said, when she um, left the hospital, she wasn't given any resources. So when I was in the hospital, you know, they, um, you know, my mom, of course, you know, she's been in the field. So she would say, like, you know, do you have any resources we could reach out to? Um, and, you know, they would say, like, you know, this this mm -hmm. place, this place, this place um, for donations or, or whatever the case was that I needed. You know, a lot of hospitals, I'm wondering, you know, even our local ones, like, do they know about you guys? And can we give them information about your company so that they could yeah. hand it out to other mm -hmm. patients that have an ostomy or, or um, a urology Issue condition? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, we'd love to send you more info so you can share with your local hospitals as well. Um, we are working with several health systems an ostomy clinic, ostomy support groups, nonprofits, um, as well as other conditions, of course, that we're serving. Um, and, you know, our goal is really to meet people where they are. So some people will go and find us online. Some people will find us through their support group. And some people, like most people, they go to their doctor. So they're, how do we empower also the doctor to give their patients the answers that, that they might not have, right? Yeah. And that can be done for better health. So, yes, we definitely, you know, big focus of our, ours is like working on these partnerships working with as many, you know, relevant, like, department, whether it's, like, urology, ostomy, um, diabetes, like, as we expand to new conditions, et cetera, um, and, you know, provide them the resources they need in order to, to offer this option to their patients so they will have that extended support that they need at home. Um, so, so, yes, we're working with, with multiple, um, and we continue to expand. So we'd love it if you would share resources with your local health system, absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to my GI doctor so he can uh, not he can have some answers for patients. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And of course, Emily, you know, being a clinician, is working in a in a hospital as well, and so we have that that connection too. That's good. You know, yeah. Stay close to the clinical side. Yes, I um I I I'm currently working on my ostomy incontinence certifications. You know, make it official. Have an ostomy, <laughs> might as well be certified yeah. as a nurse. Yeah. Um. So I'm getting, I have been able to, I'm doing my clinical rotations and I've been able to be actually in clinic with people. And um, I love, you know, doing peer coaching over the phone, but I, it's been equally rewarding and amazing to see. I've gotten to, you know, see pre-op patients. So people who don't even have an ostomy yet and they're, they have so many questions there. And really, a lot of people are just terrified because oh, yeah. they don't have a medical background. It's like, what are you going to do to me? Um, yep. but you know, the value of being in, of being a peer in person. And when I, you know, it's like my hat trick, I wait till halfway through and then I'm like, so I have an ostomy, what do you want to ask me? <sighs> and it's just like, 
you know, it's like a wave of relief. Half the people say, you look normal. And I'm like, oh, I thank you. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's so therapeutic. And, you know, I think um, as the program expands, as we see this offered in more health systems, you know, uh, clinicians will see that how important it is. Because I know, you know, that the head of, um, you know, ostomy care at Penn, you know, she has been able to see it in person and say, wow, this is like, this is important. Mm -hmm. This gives people, you know, um, a real life example that like, it's, it's going to be okay. Gonna be it okay. might be rough. We, we all will have growing pains, but you know, I'm here and I'm here to help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. You know, my dad, he had colorectal cancer as well, and he had to have a, a bag Temporary, um, yeah. right? Temporary, yeah. yeah. Because we know Lala, um, and she had one. So I had some information on it, and, you know, I knew what for him to expect. And, um, you know, he did go, you know, and had the surgery, and he went home, and he didn't really have many questions because they, you know, he's a man, of course, he don't ask questions. <laughs> um, but they, they showed him what to do and everything, and, you know, he was pretty much okay with it. Um, you know, but there's so many people that don't, mm -mm. you know, don't they're know depressed. what they're doing. You know, they're yeah. scared. And I was super depressed when I got mine. And my my husband had to do it for the first two months for me because I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to touch it. I didn't want any part mm. of it. And he in the hospital, they showed him what to do. And then finally, he was like, you need you need to do this. And I wish I had some support. I mean, he was supportive, but I wish I had like. And Emily there, you know, that was like, hey, come on, you got this. You can do this. I have one. You're yeah. going to be fine. And <laughs> that's so very you important. didn't have anybody? No. They said they they did have a home nurse. They told me, they gave me a number for a home nurse. And at the time, we didn't we couldn't afford it. It was um, $100 a visit. And she was supposed to come a wow. few times a week. My insurance wasn't, yeah. they were only doing that. And after we had her come twice, and my husband said, this is that we can't afford this, you know, multiple times a week. So he said, show me what to do. I mean, he, I mean the hospital showed him, but she showed a little bit more. And that was that. Yeah. So th it was just not affordable. And I, there's so many people out there that can't afford that. You know, there's yeah. some that, can, or maybe their insurance is better, but we couldn't afford it. Well, mm. your insurance only covers so much, you said, and yeah. you have to pay out of pocket. Yeah. So it's, it's tough for people who don't have insurance or they're struggling. And it's, you, you know, you're kind of left to the wolves. Mm. Yeah. And I think even with insurance, you know, these days we were struggling because they're not covering a lot. You know, mm -hmm. even with my medical issues that I have, insurance doesn't want to cover really anything, you know, and it's a fight. Yeah. yeah. And I think you hit on a really good point there. You know, one of the things that disheartens me the most is seeing how, you know, financials impact the kind of care that people get. And, you know, I don't think that anybody should be subject to subpar care because they don't have a lot of money to spend on hiring, you know, a private nurse to come and do sessions or, mm -hmm. or things like that. You know, this is a this is your one of your basic bodily functions <laughs> and, and everybody should be well taken care of. You know, I I mean, it, to think that there's people out there who don't want to leave their house because they can't get a day without a leak. I mean, that's mm -hmm. just unacceptable. Um, heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And like part of the idea behind peer coaching is, you know, like I said, it, it is this relationship together, but you know, we're a new program. We have a lot of plans for the future 
And really, at the end of the day, I'd love to have a community where people can come together to share ideas, you know, get evidence-based information, heck, even trade some, you know, post-op recipes. Just because yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I think that our strength lies in the fact that, you know, I, I don't know about you, Lala, but I feel like every time I talk to an ostomate, it's it's a uh, they want to help other people, and you know, it it feels like a community because yeah. you're like, hey, you got this, you got this little strange thing that I do, but <laughs> you know, we can figure it out together. So, um, I agree. You know, I agree. We'll have space for everyone in the future to, to really, you know, come together as a community. That, yeah. That's amazing. That's, yeah. Absolutely. That's like and I think, so important. Absolutely. And I think for us, you know, part of what we've seen is that it's really, you know, it transcends, like it works so well in ostomy, but there's so many other conditions that it's relevant for. And, People, you know, it's kind of like you don't know someone has an ostomy until they maybe lift their shirt or, or tell you, right? And it's so true for so many other conditions. Mm-hmm. You don't wear it on your sleeve, mm-hmm. uh, but you're still facing a lot of unique challenges that other people who face the same condition and use the same product, like, understand like no one else, right? Yes. So so our goal is really, you know, we have it in ostomy. We have it for people with different with chronic urological condition. Uh, we serve people who need to use tracheostomy and we're expanding to other conditions as well. So really the goal is, you know, for, for people with that condition, but also to their caregiver. Because sometimes, you know, like you said, your husband initially was the person who was helping in the first few months. So it, it, it can be a whole, you know, an, an experience that mm-hmm. the, the whole entire kind of family or household or whoever or your caregiver is, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a child, but it's impacted by so how do we create the right type of support, education, and resources for, for the people who need them across different categories? Yes, really super, super important. And there's a lot out there that have the family members helping because they can't do it or it, it's hard. So I think this is an amazing, amazing thing. I And by just talking like to you, Emily, and hearing you say, it does make me want to help too. It makes me want to... Because we, we have knowledge. With time, having an ostomy, you, get, you gain knowledge and you gain little tips and tricks like we were saying and support. And it really has sparked something in me right now that I would love to help the community too with the ostomies. That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. So if anyone is listening and wants to get assistance from you, they could go to joinbetter.com and uh sign up or i know you have a 1-800 number yeah they can either sign up they can give us a call um whatever works for people they can they can the phone numbers are all on the website um or i can can say now we have a phone number they can call 415-475-8444 they can go on the website they can chat with us really whatever works best for them they can send us an email and we'll we'll get back to them in whatever way is best for them to, to get support we're there for them awesome and uh we're definitely uh going to pass your information along to our local hospitals <laughs> and our gis because um you know i i have a gi too and well i have two gis and i've asked for help for different things and they're just like uh they're just, you know, we just got to bridge the gap. And yeah. this is this is a perfect thing to bridge the gap and um, fill the gap, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's also the response that we're getting from a lot of, you know, physicians. Like, of course, they, they care. They deeply care. That's why they went into this profession. It's just kind of outside of, outside of scope of training. 
um, and also kind of time spent that they need to work on other surgeries, right? So, but having really just, it's almost like kind of an extension of the service that they would want to provide, but for the home um, and for kind of life post the surgery, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nama and Emily, for being on the show today. Uh, like I said before, we are definitely going to pass your information along. And uh, we'll put your information up on our social media pages um, as well so that our followers, um, you know, can reach out to you and uh, get some help. Because I'm sure, Lala, you're not the only one. No, I, I, I'm planning on sharing in my ostomy support groups that I found on social media. So because there's so many people on there that need that they are constantly looking for support and help and questions. So this is that would be perfect to share with them. Yeah. Amazing. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you for having us. Oh, Thank you welcome. so much. And uh, you guys are welcome on the show anytime. Yes, reach out. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. Lady. You know, have people call me. I, I it's This is literally my favorite thing to do. So, um, you know, send them my way. <laughs> I definitely will. They, it was nice talking to you, Emily. It's so nice to hear from another hostomy. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if you guys know this about us, but Sean and I are addicted to Pure Leaf iced teas. Uh, I love them. I've been drinking them for years. It's pretty much my favorite sweet tea out there. I love pretty all the flavors. They got peach. They have green tea. They have sweet tea and lemon. Um, I love oh, raspberry. Lemon. Oh, raspberry. Too. Yes, raspberry. I can't forget that. So over the years, I've been drinking it. Although it's natural, because so there's no high fructose corn syrup in them, it's pretty much natural brewed tea. But I always said, I wish they had ones with less sugar in it because it, you know, they had a lot of sugar in it. Yeah, they did. My husband used to say, like, I know it's natural law, but you're, there's a lot of sugar in that. <laughs> so, like, a typical one, let's say, is I, I have it right here in front of me. Um, they had 38 grams of sugar in it. So that's 76% of your daily sugar intake that, you you know, you, you get like 100% value, you know. So this already took up 76%, the, the, you know, the first ones. Yeah. So they have a new uh, lower sugar line of Pure Leaf called Subtly Sweet. And like I said, it has lower sugar, 85% less sugar, actually. So from the, what was the original one? I said 38 grams of sugar in the original line. And in this one... You only have five grams. That's a huge, a huge jump, you know? Oh, yeah. And the original one was 150 calories per bottle. And this is only 20 calories per bottle. So, again, that's really big. If you're on a diet or if you're watching what you eat and drink, um, this is great. So you can still enjoy, like, the great taste of Pure Leaf while being healthier. So that they, they use stevia in it. If I'm saying, I never know how to say that word either. Like Stevia. Stev stevia. They use stevia as their natural sweetener, so it's much healthier than, you know, the cane sugar that they use in the other ones. Yeah. I still love both lines of it, and some days I do reach for that, you know, extra sweet one. But this, I'm on a diet in summer. I'm trying to get that summer body in and be a little healthier. So me and Shona are sticking more to the, you know, the lower sugar line. We are. And, um, you know, I have to say, it does taste a little bit slightly different mm -hmm. um i of course was craving that sugar <laughs> when i tried it i was like oh this isn't enough sugar for me yeah but you know as we know i am pre-diabetic yes she's addicted to sugar so um, yes but i am doing better i went to the doctors 
and I don't know what my number was, but it was lower. So my doctor's very proud of me. Good. Oh, and I lost two pounds. So I'm doing great. See? That's what happens. Lower sugar, you lose the weight better. Yes. So we will see in six months when I go back what my numbers are. Um, but yeah, I I love the pure leaf. And, um, you know, I like the fact that it doesn't have the high fructose corn syrup mm-hmm. or any of the preservatives, horrible the preservatives. Yeah, you get sick from it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, definitely try out the uh, the new Pure Leaf line, Subtly Sweet, and let us know what you think. It's a great summer drink. Oh, sweet tea is always the best, especially when you know it's good for you. So put some ice in that. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if everyone saw my video for Too Faced Cosmetics, but uh, Lala and I are obsessed. It's pretty much the only brand that we will use mm-hmm. for makeup. And uh, I just love them. I love their mascara. I love their lip glosses. Their pillow balm is my absolute favorite. I just, I love them. And they were kind enough to send us some of their newest products and did a video of me putting on the makeup. There, I think we've talked about this before, but I first found them with, I had like a, a Ipsy bag and I got the Too Faced mascara, the Better Than Sex. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I I loved it. I really loved it. And then I tried out their Lip Plumper lip gloss. And I love that too. So I was so excited when they sent us the new colors in the lip gloss because it used to just be clear. Now they have these really nice colors, like a little, um, a pinkish color, like a coral color, I'd say. And the other one's more of a, like a ruby red color. And it's just enough color that it gives your lips like a tint, but I love it. And I always get compliments on it. So that's my new favorite now is the tinted lip plumper by Too Faced. Um, we got the the jam eyeshadow from them, which looked like all different colors of jam, like grape jam, strawberry jam, and yeah. it smelled like it. It did. It smells like jam. So that was really cool. I felt like I was a, a kid again. You remember when we used to get maybe lip smackers or some kind of makeup when you were yes. a kid and it smelled like fruit? It kind of brought me back to that, and it was really, it was like a cool feeling. So, yeah, we do love them. Um, we love what they are about and how they make women feel. And in the video that I, I made of Shauna, you could see, like, you know, she explains what Too Faced does for her. And it was really empowering to watch that. It's not just me saying that. I mean, I seriously felt that way. Um, and that is what they also stand for is confidence, empowerment. And, you know, they're all about women. So we just we love supporting companies like that and what they stand for. We love them and we love that they are vegan and uh, cruelty-free as yes, well. of course. And that is our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out at shaunaandlala.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash shaunaandlala. Check me out at facebook.com slash Marie. And don't forget to follow us on YouTube at shaunaandlala and on TikTok at shaunaandlala. We will see you next week.